didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, starting with the very first season of Stranger Things. And we have now made it to season three. We're on episode five, titled The Flayed. And Colin is here with your summary. The fifth chapter of Stranger Things 3, titled The Flayed, debuted on Netflix on July 4th, 2019. It was written by Paul Dichter and directed by Uta Brisewitz and has a runtime of 52 minutes and 13 seconds. We're still on the night of Tuesday, July 2nd and begin where we left off with the Scoops troop plummeting to the depths of who knows where in a secret Russian cargo elevator. It finally reaches the bottom, but the doors won't open. Dustin and Steve, though, figure out they can escape through the ceiling panel. Meanwhile, Joyce and Hopper continue their tour of the Hawkins countryside and arrive at the Hess farm, where they find a hidden bunker in the basement. Inside, they handcuff Alexi and a worker before a motorcycle helmet guy crashes the party. Fortunately, our heroes escape. Only now Hopper is handcuffed to Alexi. The next morning, Wednesday, July 3rd, they're lost in the woods with a broken down cop car, which explodes, while Joyce tries to get answers from Alexi. Meanwhile, Elle has tapped into Hopper through the void and tells the gang, which now includes Nancy and Jonathan, that Joyce and Hopper are walking to Illinois. After a bit, the gang all decides to go see if the Holloways can lead them to the Mind Flayer. Meanwhile, back at the elevator, Russian workers come along to collect the green goo, so the Scoops troop is able to get out and start the long walk down the long hallway. Joyce, Hopper, and Alexei, with motorcycle helmet guy hot on their trail, emerge at a 7-Eleven and commandeer Todd's car to head to see Murray, since he's the only person in a 500-mile radius who can translate Russian. The gang arrives at the Holloway house to find a whole bunch of chemicals and then decide to see if, instead, Mrs. Driscoll can lead them to the Mind Flayer. The adults make it to Illinois, meanwhile, and meet with Murray to convince him to give them answers. At the same time, the Scoops troop has arrived at the secret Russian base and break into the comms room before discovering the giant machine making a new gate in the wall. The gang arrives at the hospital and, while Elle and Mike attempt to bond over M&Ms, Nancy and Jonathan come within an inch of their lives as Tom and Bruce, now fully body-snatched, chase them through the halls. Eventually, Nancy and Jonathan knock them both out, only to have them turn into goo and form of Mind Flayer Jr. The end of Chapter 5. So this is a separate Mind Flayer, right? Yes. Like a, like a piece of it. Well, that was, that was my take. Two, you know, I mean, it obviously gets resolved next week, but yeah, at the time I'm like, oh my God, there's two of them now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Which when you think about it might've been a better plan to have a bunch of like mini mind flayers running around to, yeah. to get people. Right, you want to do homework before we get into this? Yes. Yes. I meant to ask you, are you ready for your homework? You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. I, I keep thinking I'm feeling, feeling good, but we'll see. <laughs> see i tried to not be as hard this time but i i i'm telling you it's getting more and more difficult (laughs) to find stuff how many blades of grass yes (laughs) pretty much that's what i'm doing at this point okay your first question should be an easy one what time did nancy call jonathan 5 48 a.m correct yes you said it 6 a.m which it wasn't really jonathan okay what were Mrs. Driscoll's 
four recorded heart rates. Let's see, because she was, um, temperature went down from 96.8, I think, to 95. And then her pulse ended up, at th- it was like one, so like 112, it ended at 112. So I'm going to say like 112, 110. Like, I think they're all right around there. 112, 110, 115, 111 or something like that. You got two out of the four. Oh, okay. It was 118, 122, 110, and 112. Okay. Well, that's still pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. You were very close. Okay. Number three. What does Hopper buy at the 7-Eleven? Two Slim Jim things. Uh, an Illinois map, a six pack of new Coke. Uh, oh, a carton of cigarettes, camels. And what was the other thing? Oh, uh, Funyuns, bag All of right. Funyuns. Yes. Funyuns don't get as much play as they should. Those things are delicious. They're good. Okay. Finally, in this one, I, I would be willing to debate it. If you go back and look at the scene. Okay. I, I had to I had to look <laughs> very closely for this one, but oh, oh how goody. many how many bottles of cleaning products are on the Holla, Holloway's kitchen island? Ten. I had nine. Well, there's ten on the fridge. There's ten on the fridge that's knocked over. The fridge? That's their island, isn't it? No, it's the fridge. It's the fridge was toppled over, which we'll talk about. But yeah, it's a the the fridge is oh, is, okay. is, is is knocked over. There's there's ten bottles and a couple caps. See, I, I counted I, nine. I counted. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I believe you because I counted nine because I was like, is that a cap or a bottle? So Yeah, it was because they shot it from both angles and one of them looked like a cap, but I think it was actually a bottle. But either way, nine okay. or ten. So. All right. But yeah, I was okay, actually, so yeah, let's start there. So yeah, it's a refrigerator. I totally that, thought it was the Holloway's Kitchen Island and I almost gave my 80s superlative, most 80s to the Holloway's Kitchen. Yeah, it was it was very 80s. Uh, but yeah, it's a refrigerator on its side. And the bottom corner, if you look at it again, has completely been torn off like like a monster. Like they're like, like, they're, like they're sucking the Freon out of it. or what? I don't know. Like they like ripped into the refrigerator. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing with the chemicals. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's never to be explained. It's fine. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll well, the, the, know, the kids, the kids theorize that, you know, you, you put the chemicals together and it and makes it, something new. Yeah. yeah. Like, but so I was it's, just, it's fuel or something. I, I don't know. So maybe. Um, this is a really good episode. I really like, I had forgotten how good it was actually. There's a really good balance of like, yes, like screaming terror. And really good comedy. I mean, there's like some really straight, funny- like, yeah, there were like straight up horror and then Hopper is hilarious. And I think honestly, that's why this season gets so much hate. Did you yeah. know that people hate this season? I don't think they hate. I mean, it's certainly the lowest ranked of the three, but I think like on, on like Rotten Tomatoes, it's still in the eighties. It's like an 86. I'm just going by like yeah. the comments and like right. that I see in the yeah. subreddits and stuff. And they're like, uh, like always season three is like their least favorite. And it almost beats out season one. I, I, nothing could beat out season one, but yeah, no, I really like. I mean, the like, the bit with with Joyce when the when the car is about to blow up, and and Joyce is talking to him about the magnets, and she <laughs> bangs the rocks together and they fall on the ground. I lit- I'm literally yeah. laughing out loud. I mean, it's just it's just really yeah. really funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, and all of the stuff with the scoop troop is is great. Well, and also, I feel like this episode really shows you how 
big David Harbour is just comparatively to Winona Ryder. She's he's literally a foot taller. Yeah, he's he's six three. She's five three. And just when she's standing there with her hands on her hips yeah, and she's looking at him, I mean, he is towering over her. And I don't know if it's there's just something about him that completely like encapsulates the 80s when he's i don't know what it is there's just yeah, something I think about it's, him it's kind of the, the lighter colored blue jeans and the shirt and you his know his hair yeah. and maybe the scruff i don't yeah. know he yeah. just literally looks like someone who smokes a lot drinks beer and eats funyuns in the 80s yeah and and snaps off a slim jim yeah <laughs> So before we get going to, I gotta, I, I want to get my nitpicky out of the way first of all, and they both have to do with injuries sustained in this oh, episode. Same. Jonathan would be dead. Jonathan would clearly be dead. And motorcycle helmet guy, he takes a monkey wrench to the kneecap, and I'll give it and to still. him. He did limp for about a minute, mm-hmm. um, but there's no way he's slipping all the way through the woods as far as the car could drive. It's a, it was a valiant effort, yeah. but. No, no, that wouldn't happen. And every time I see that scene with John, his back would be broken. Yeah. And then he, then he gets up and then then he gets gets, thrown against the wall. Yeah. But like I said last week, I don't understand how the bodies of the people that the mind flayer possess, like they are not, there's no way they could sustain the injuries that they like Billy. He could. Yeah. Billy going through the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we got the scoops troop. We got the Jonathan, Nancy and the kids and we got Hopper and Joyce. Which one do you want to, which one do you want to start with? Let's go in order. So who do we start out with? We We start with, we start with the scoops troop. It starts with the elevator. Okay. Let's start with them. Well, yeah. So this is another nitpicky thing. So they get all the way down and they decide that they can't get out. Oh, you mean, you mean they get down to the earth's core? Yes. how deep that elevator yeah. is um robin says that they can't get out with it without a key card but in the previous episode erica opened the door to get out when she went through the vents and they were up on the roof she gets out by just pushing a button and opening the doors so why didn't she need a key card i think it's probably entry only oh into the, into the russian base you need the key card maybe that would be my guess yeah because i'll, I'll go with it i mean it's I'll i'm not say- gonna I'm not going to stop watching the show because of it or anything. After years of working in the door and lock industry, I could say that would be a serious safety hazard to have to have a key card to exit a building. It's probably illegal. It probably wouldn't pass code. Probably. Yes. So I I did get a kick out of Dustin (laughs) screaming his head off. It was the same scream that he had. Remember when he was in the tunnels and it got sprayed with the with the demogorgon goo or whatever oh, and he's like it's like so shrieky yeah it's the same it's the same <laughs> screechy thing which i thought was good so another thing that i noticed that i was i was a little bit kind of miffed at the first time i saw it was steve's roast beef comment to dustin so glad you brought this up yeah because i thought I it was thought just, you know a hilarious dig yeah it's just you know he's not it's i mean he's shirt. not he's not skinny but you know sure but yeah it's because of his shirt which I don't think I had noticed before, but his shirt I had neither. I literally noticed it. it today and it said roast beef, but I, I'll give it away early. That's still my favorite line for this, for this episode when he says, looking at you, roast beef. Yeah. I really <laughs> thought it was like a dig. So yeah, and I actually looked up that shirt and I think it's one that Amy Paris designed for the show because you can, again, you can't find it anywhere. You know what I thought it was when I saw it? I thought it was, and it's way too early. It wouldn't have been anachronistic. I thought it was a Rin and Stimpy shirt. 
but Ren and Stimpy oh, yeah. had same the same type of yeah. font. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because I remember like Steve, man, that's just kind of jerky to say that. But then I just realized. Oh, no, yeah. I love it. I think it's so yeah. funny. But and then I, especially he taps, he taps the shirt right where it says roast beef. I'm like, oh, OK, now I get it. Yeah, I like it better when he's just being a jerk about it. Yeah. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's I was like, what an odd but cutting yeah. remark. <laughs> I would hate it if someone yeah. called me roast beef. <laughs> So how about the look? I love it. We'll, we'll kind of skip ahead to when they get into the comms office. Can you imagine being this Russian guy in the middle of in Hawkins, Indiana, and two kids dressed in sailor outfits? Yeah. And then a little girl with a <laughs> rainbow, with a, or, with my, little a my, pony, little pony. my little pony backpack, and then Dustin <laughs> standing there. And then all of a sudden, Russian start, the Robin starts saying things like. Saying the code. I'm the silver cat. <laughs> just like what is going through this guy's brain at this point I'm, i i know that like i can't question these things but i'm still how did they build this and no one knew it's like six miles long and it's like six miles deep into the earth and yeah no and we're supposed to Hawkins. believe are we supposed to believe that they built it in the six months since or eight months since, since the seven months since november imagine the plumbing and the pipes just a disaster there'd be no way i mean there would have been cranes and dump trucks and i mean they would have to have dynamite to blow out the earth like yeah i mean i I don't know it's just i mean there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief there but i mean yeah it just cracks me up so then they finally see the machine um which is good and then they see the green goo going into it kind of powering it which again i what we don't know what the green goo is right i, no, I just it's just it's, some kind of some kind of fuel to power but it's the, very the, acidic yeah so yeah you just see the one shot of one of the technicians kind of pushing it in and and you know kind of turning it so this makes me think of doc brown yeah with his plutonium little mr fusion yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so i think that's about it for the scoops troop side of yeah. things well, we got to see finally Steve finally won a fight. Steve finally did win a fight. Yes, that was that was. Yes, that was you know, Dustin pointed it out. And I, I'll actually mention that in in the little things too when that comes back up. So, okay, so then we get Jonathan and Nancy joining forces with the kids. It starts with the phone call um, at five forty eight, and I like Jonathan's quick little line. You know, he had a late night with Fagan and the gang because the last time they were together was when. They were in the car and Nancy said that he's poor and she said he's a woman and they never understand each other, you know, their things. So he was kind of riffing on Oliver Twist and, you know, the, you know, Fagan and the Artful Dodger and the, and the, the, um, you know, the poor kids in the streets of London kind of thing. So it was just a neat little throwaway line that I actually didn't catch like the first three or four times I watched the episode. Didn't catch it this time. And I really loved, um, Jonathan doesn't really get a lot to do this season, but I really did love his line when Nancy was talking to him and she said, is Will safe? And he's like, why wouldn't Will be safe? I mean, you can really, yeah, you could, yeah, he really got animated. It's like, whoa, what's going on? Um, I also liked how Elle had the bruises on her neck from Billy. That was a nice little detail that they threw in. Mm -hmm. And then the line when she was talking about bad screams, (laughs) Mike's like, oh, yeah, that was what's a good screen in my. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in my little things that were just her face. It's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what good screams are. You're okay. <laughs> um, so then they make it to the Holloway house, and I thought this was really kind of interesting. There's a, a a Twitter account that I follow. It's called One Perfect Shot, and basically what they do is kind of daily they put up just a freeze frame from a from a TV series or a movie or something. Oh, that's cool. this, is, this is just a really neat shot that was shot really well. You know, really good cinematography or good framing or something like that. And the shot 
um, that was from this past November 21st was the shot when they first, when L breaks down there or opens the door at the Holloway's house and they're kind of standing in the doorway, kind of framed yeah. by the doorway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll post a link to it, actually. It's a really neat little uh, Twitter feed. So you guys can start following if you want, but I'll post a link to it. And then my next line is direct fridge on the floor, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Yeah, it's a refrigerator turned on its side and the bottom corner, it's actually the kind of the top corner, is completely peeled back like like some kind of rhinoceros, you know, gored it with its horn or something. Which, again, I don't know if the Mind Flare gives these people some sort of super strength when it possesses them because no human could do that. I mean, I guess they could get tools to do it, but... I mean, well, Billy... Billy did break out of the sauna door and, you know, smash the glass. And I feel like Billy's in a different category, though. He's like yeah. the main mind. Well, he, it could have been him with the fridge, too. I don't know. I don't know who wrecked the fridge. That's true. Yeah, we don't know. So, so then they get to the hospital and Nancy and Jonathan are in the hospital. And I <laughs> got a kick out of the elevator music in the background. I'll talk about that during our music segment. And then Elle's bit when Mike and Lucas were trying to get stuff out of the vending machine. <laughs> And she she smashes the she kind of brain smashes the whole thing so they all yeah fall down. I like that yeah and then his line about um, does your species like M and M's which was in and of itself a funny line um, but then also kind of tying back to E T and the e. whole Reese's pieces and everything yeah so, no, that was really cool so then we get into all the gross and disgusting goo and the melting of Tom and Bruce um, and I'll put a link up to this too there the company that does the visual effects did kind of a behind the scenes video on how they made the mind flare. It actually, mm-hmm. it refers more to the next episode when the mind flare is kind of walking through the halls of the hospital and kind of yeah. into things, but it, it shows kind of like how they went through the whole process of, you know, some of it's in computers and some of it's, you know, kind of motion capture. And so the motion capture aspect of it, and it's really neat in this video is a guy in a red spandex suit with like a, with like a with like a silver ball helmet on and he's kind of like banging through the halls and stuff it's the funniest thing you'll ever see yeah. but that's how they but that's how they put it together so i'll put a link into that too so and i always think about this too when i know they're using you know cgi and stuff how how difficult it would be to act like yeah against yeah something like that like to act scared i would just feel so silly like i don't have the confidence well and it comes up again in, in the last episode too when they're in the mall and they use a beach ball. I know you've seen that. They have the, a beach ball on a stick. <laughs> standing I in, haven't seen that. Standing in for the mind flare. Yeah, I think it's actually in this, might be in this video. I watched a couple of different ones. But yeah, the final battle of Starcourt scene, a instead of ball. having the mind flare in the mall, it's a big, huge beach ball on a stick. So the, everybody is like and- acting against a beach ball. <laughs> You have to think too, there's, there's no dramatic music playing. Right. They don't have the sound effects. It's, you know, it's probably real echoey and you don't think about that stuff because it's all filtered out by the final product, but yeah. And there's like 50, hundred crew members standing around mm-hmm. and cameras all over the place and yeah, microphone, like boom microphones hanging in front of your face and everything. So yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hopper and Joyce, which I think was probably my favorite part of the episode. Usually I like the scoop strip, but I love the Hopper and Joyce stuff on this. Um, they get to the Hess farm. They find the thing under the bed. Um, they go downstairs and it's Alexi. Again, another secret Russian basement that's right. outfitted and no one knows, you know. It must be tied into the other one, right? I mean, there must be like I mean, like an they, underground it, tunnel. Yeah, they, I mean, they're going to be all connected. But so this is Alexi, who was the doctor in the first episode, mm-hmm. who 
there were the two of them that had to turn the keys and he was the one that wasn't killed. So, so we get yeah. the return of Alexi. Which he actually, that actor, he was, he acted with Billy Bobby Brown in Godzilla. Oh, okay. Right. Monsters. Yep. As did Randy Havens who plays Mr. Clark. Yeah. yeah. So motorcycle, motorcycle helmet guy uh, comes, I guess I can call him Grigori from, from here on out. So Grigori. I don't know why I want to call him Dimitri. I think Dimitri is a new character in season four. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. I love Joyce's gun throw, which he throws the pistol. <laughs> why did you, I mean, I am not a sporty person. I'm not, but even I, I feel like could throw better, like could have a better aim than Joyce. There's so many, I mean, we could almost do a segment on all the things that get thrown in these episodes because Hopper throws the keys at her twice. Once when they're running out of the Hess farm and then, and I was going to mention this in the little things, but I'll say it now. Then when he's fixing the car in the woods, he is literally standing six inches away from her and he throws her, tosses her the keys. I mean, mean, it would have been, you could reach. He couldn't even have put his arm out straight. She was that close to him. (laughs) He still feels the need to toss the keys, but, and then as they're driving away, he's like, Joyce, drive oh my gosh his mouth <laughs> opens so wide in that scene like he i don't know how he doesn't lose his he didn't lose his voice filming this episode because he screams so much yeah. in this episode oh, have you yeah. noticed yeah just, screams a lot it's just great it's like joyce yes. it takes him like it's like six syllables for him to get it out right i know uh, so how cool was the transition? And this kind of freaked me out at the time too, when he goes into the void, when we kind of transition into L. Oh, yes. I, I was like, what's happening? What? I mean, first of all, because... just on the level of what's going on, because it looks like he realizes he's in the void because he's sweating yes. at flies. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. But I also went back and watched it again too. And just the transition. And I don't know how mm-hmm. they did it. Oh, I have no I because Because no one of them either him walking through the woods or him walking in the void must have been used, you know, you know, twice. So it must've been kind of mm-hmm. green screen. So he was either, I, I assume he was in the void because then the void happens and he's walking in water. So maybe he was kind of, it, it was, it, it was in the void and they kind of green screened it. And then it, I don't know, but it's crazy. Cause it's just a super seamless transition. He's like mm-hmm. in the woods. And then all of a sudden he doesn't move. I mean, he's, he's moving, but his, I mean, right. there's no, there's no like change of camera or anything. And then all of a sudden he's in three inches of water in the dark. It's just crazy. I thought it was yeah. really, it so just sh- looks really cool. So it's, shout out to Uda. We, yeah, we haven't really talked about Uda. So she's a new director. Uh, she did this episode and then also the next one. She actually executive produced and directed the first two episodes of the new Wheel of Time series um, that came out on Prime about a month ago. Yes. Have you watched um, it? I have not actually. But I love Rosamund Pike, so I gotta. I gotta oh, I can't stand Rosamund Pike. Oh, I love her. I, I feel like I say that I can't stand her. It's because she plays such a good villain. She's so yeah. easily like I hate her. You saw I care a lot, right? On Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, she's, she's awful. She's great. So Uda also did uh, Westworld. Did a couple episodes of Westworld, and also did Orange Is the New Black. So she did those things, and then did Stranger Things, and now she's doing Wheel of Time. So I just wanted to. We haven't talked about Uda yet. But she directed yeah. this episode and then also the next one. So uh, started as a cinematographer, actually. So maybe that's why a lot of her shots are kind of cinematographically. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So then we get all the bits with Joyce and Hopper and Russian Scott Clark and how he thinks that everybody's her boyfriend and all that kind of stuff, which was just great. Oh, yeah. And then they show up at the Oasis of Happiness. It's the happiest place on earth. It's 7-Eleven. We don't have 7-Elevens here. We don't either. 
Oh, really? I thought they were up north. No, they're kind of mid-Atlantic more than anything in Texas. Oh, weird. Yeah. There aren't actually any, I think within a couple hours of me, there might be one kind of down in Southern Vermont, but anyway, um, but there's certainly not like right next door, but I grew up in Virginia and I think I mentioned them in a couple earlier podcasts, how we had 7-Elevens on opposite street corners. So we would mm-hmm. play video games at one and then we kind of walk across the street to the other one if we, you know, we wanted to, but I mean, mm-hmm. they were literally, I mean, you could stand at one 7-Eleven and throw a rock and hit the other one. So can we discuss how they're burning up and they're super sweaty and they've been walking forever and their go-to is to chug a soda? Yeah. Wouldn't you grab a water? Did we have bottled water back then? Was it a thing? I don't think as much of it is a thing now, but I think they had, you know, Hawaiian punch or lemonade. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would say I'm a soda connoisseur, (laughs) but to chug it, it would burn with all the carbonation. It just does not seem. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me too what they each did. Yeah. I tried. I couldn't tell. I think Joyce and Hopper had a tab. Joyce had a tab. He had, he had Joel, Joyce had Tab. And, and then, then Alexi had Coke. Alexi Coke. had uh, New Coke, yeah. But yeah, so they commandeer the Todd Father's car, which I thought was great. Um, and we'll talk about that. There's a great music cue on that. I'll talk about in the music section. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so then Gregory, uh, Gregory, Gregory shows up. Let's just call him Motorcycle Helmet Guy. It's easier. Okay. Um, so motorcycle, <laughs> motorcycle Helmet Guy shows up, gets his snowballs and his chocolate cupcakes, which I thought was great, and then smushes. I love, I love what happens to the, the snowball when he smushes Ricky's head into it. I thought he was going to kill that guy. I know, right? And I love how he also called called them the psycho, even though he is clearly the psycho. Right. And um, then I like how Alexi's just sitting in the back seat of that car when. Oh yeah. Hopper he's a, says he's, he's a, a dangerous child murderer. Child murderer, and he's just and he's there just holding sucking that a Slurpee with. <laughs> With two hands and smiles. Yeah. And then Joyce says he's a terrible forger. Yes. It's like, no, no child murder. He's a child murder. He's not a forger. Yeah. So then they get to Murray's. It was great to be back at Murray's again. I love how he opens the door with a shotgun, which was kind of neat. I'm trying to figure out what it was he was testing him for. If that was like a metal detector. Yeah. Which I assume is what it was because it kind of winged the handcuffs. But but I assume it was like. A metal detector that Murray built himself. Oh yes, it was clearly it was it was clearly homemade. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know if it might have been like a radiation detector or something. I don't know what it was. Oh yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. I assumed yeah. metal detector. Yeah. And then then I'll I'll, I'll kind of close with the whole you know lovers quarrel bit. How he you know wanted them to have something because he did this already with Nancy and Jonathan. He was right about that. So I think he's right again with Joyce and Hopper having a lovers quarrel. Did you catch it? Cracks me up how he knows everybody's name. But yes. he, like, Joyce doesn't know him. And he's like, hey, Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't know. She has no idea who this guy is. Yeah. And well, he had, he, the, he had the red string wall going with everybody's faces yeah. and pictures on it. Yeah. So he knows exactly who it is. So, all right. So we got a lot of movies and little things and music and all kinds of stuff. So you, you got anything else more to talk about the episode or? No, I think we covered everything. So my, my column moment this week is riding in the trunks of station wagons. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Which I have a question. Yes. Nancy said, buckle up. And then it acted like everybody buckled up. Yeah, they showed Mike buckling up. And how is he having... But did they used to have that? Like, didn't it used some, to Some be... did. Some station wagons actually had seats that kind of popped up and you probably You could flip had, them up and, and then... I right. think that's what we had. 
when but I was more often than not, when I was riding in the back of a station wagon, I was riding in the back of a station wagon. Right. Like, I mean, if we're going to risk it, we're going to risk yeah. it. But I wasn't even risking it as my, my parents and I were going on vacation. Can I sit in the way back? Yeah. Okay. I'm oh, yeah. But I'm saying, and, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I used to ride in the floorboard. Yeah. In the front seat. Yeah. Like, I would get down in the floorboard <laughs> when I was little and play oh. while my mom was driving. I, I love, like, all these Colin moments turn into, you know, kids these days, you know. <laughs> they don't know how good they've got it. No, really, they don't, though, because just think about all the safety. Like, you could, you would never be allowed to ride in the in the way back of a station wagon oh, God, these no. days. And it was like a treat. Oh, I get to, oh, it's I like, loved it. was like it. saying shotgun. I'm like, I get the way back, you know. Yeah, like, because it was like your own little, like, living room almost. Yeah. Especially if you're on long trips. Yeah. Yeah. They there was no and there was no seatbelts. You could I don't know why it was exciting to sit sideways in a car or backwards. I don't know why, but yeah, we used yeah. to do that too. And we just there were no safety regulations that really stepped up their game <laughs> with kids over the years. I used to ride in the center, like sit on the center console. Yeah. Straddle it like a horse. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we just have, I mean, I remember, I mean, there were times when, I mean, I was in Cub Scouts and we had like eight kids in the car. Sure. You know, it was nothing. I mean, just like, yeah, everybody just pile in. We got in a car accident where somebody rear-ended us and I flew forward and mashed my, like, busted my lip open on the, because I was riding in this, on the center car, like, console. Mm -hmm. That didn't stop anybody from my family from being like, we probably shouldn't no. do that again. No, and I loved it. I thought it was great. So, yeah. So, that yeah, was my calling moment this week. Oh, sorry, I kind of took over. No, no, that's fine. I like them better in the Colin and Whitney moments. So, <laughs> okay, kind of a kind of a half of a. Where in the world is? Oh, we kind of did this back in season one with the uh, Fairmart, the convenience store where Tommy and Carol mm -hmm. were, and they had the argument. So, the Seven Eleven is clearly not in Indiana; it is somewhere in Georgia. But was that a real Seven Eleven that they kind of eighties eighties detized or? Was it a, you know, a different place that they kind of turned into a 7-Eleven? I'm going to go with a real 7-Eleven, just as 50-50 shot. Yeah, well, apparently there are no 7-Elevens in Georgia, but. Oh. I mean, wait. depending on where you look, because I, you know, I, I got I to gotta find somebody who lives in Georgia that can confirm this, because according to Google Maps, there are two that are like so close to the Tennessee border that they may as well be in Tennessee. But then you Which kind of look at them at Google Maps and, and they're not they're not 7-Eleven. So I can't really tell if they are 7-Elevens or not. But anyway, when they're Where are the majority? Known, where are the majority of 7-Elevens located? North Carolina, Virginia, Texas. Texas has a ton. Okay. Um, and oh, then the mid-Atlantic mid, mid and kind of up the East Coast. So I think, you know, New Jersey, New York, you know, DC, okay. that all there, there's there's 7-Elevens over there. So yeah, this was actually, this was not a 7-Eleven. Um, it was actually the Milstead Food Mart, which actually looks very much like a 7-Eleven and may have been a 7-Eleven <laughs> at one point, but it is in Conyers, Georgia on Milstead Avenue Northeast. So it is not a real 7-Eleven. So they just 80s-ized it? So they 80s-ized it. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Let's take it. Let's take a deep breath and talk about some movie references. We should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. Okay. I went light because I only had three. Oh, I had 124. Yeah, but sometimes I feel like you want them to be references. Yeah, and they're, and they're not, not references. Really. They're, they're, they're just things that reminded me, but there are some very clear ones. So why don't you do yours first and I'll... So obviously, Grigori, motorcycle helmet guy. Yes. 
straight up callback to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. This one I'm not sure about. So when Nancy's running down the hallway mm-hmm. at the hospital and the lights are flickering, it reminded me of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't think it's the original one. It's the one, I think it's the one where they're in the psyche, which might be Dream Warriors. I can't remember. I only saw the first one, so I don't know. But it might be a completely different horror movie altogether, but that gave me like like total like horror movie vibes when she's sure. running. Yeah, and a lot of these things are things that just give us the vibes of something there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then I felt like the Scoob's Troop scene with the green goo holding up the door, I felt like that was totally a reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, with the thing. Yep. He's, yep. He has to get through. But I mean, again, anytime there's something stopping a door from closing, are we going to say that it's a reference to Raiders? Right. I don't yeah, know. exactly. So one very clear, well, die hard very clearly and this was not a vibe this was actually a like a not a ripoff but a direct reference to things when they're in the under the bed thing with alexi and in that little hut Mm -hmm. you know whatever so the line where a motorcycle homo guy says you can't shoot me because you're a policeman and policemen have rules that's lifted straight from die hard okay and then also the scene right after that when hopper's on his back and he's shooting the machine gun all over the place mm-hmm. that's also from die hard got serious miami vice vibes from rich douchebag todd which is how he's that's how he is in the credits is rich douchebag todd is he really was, yeah that's his that's his name in the credits is rich douchebag todd is played by I can't remember his name. um so yeah miami vice vibes from that and obviously godfather from his license plate mm-hmm. so star wars i got some kind of star wars vibes when the scoop troop finally gets to the kind of the meat of the the base, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Kind of looks kind of Death Starry, and then uh-huh. also the comms room scene where they get in the door, which kind of reminded me of Luke and Chewie and Han when they get in there. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of reminded me of it. I don't know if it was a direct ripoff. Uh, obviously, Dustin name checks Red Dawn, which is kind of funny because I remember watching it the first time and I'm looking at it, I'm like, God, that's like Red Dawn. And three seconds later, Dustin says, Ooh, Red Dawn. <laughs> Oh, one, which I'm sure is not anything, but it just reminded me of it was when Mike was yelling at his mom, like, not now, mom, about breakfast. Every time I see it, I I, I think of Will Ferrell and Wedding Crashers with the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> mom, yes. meatloaf. Maybe I'm meatloaf. It's, it's just kind of the same. I know it's not. I mean, it just gave me the kind of the vibe of that. Robin and Dustin are talking about Cyborg and the whole Justice League mm-hmm. with Prometheum. And then one I'm surprised that you didn't get was the hospital itself is very close to Haddonfield Hospital in Halloween. It's the same logo, actually, too. It's the H with MH. Maybe that's what made me think of that scene in where yeah, it means for another. Yeah, because Halloween that, maybe two, that's it. Yes. Halloween too is very is all hospital centric. Yes. But the way that they do the HMH for Hawkins Memorial Hospital is the same it's as the they same do way. It for Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, kind mm-hmm. of putting the letters all next to each other, same font and everything. So, yep. Uh, and then we already talked about ET with the MMs. And then I also got kind of the shining, you know, here's Johnny vibe when Bruce kind of went through the door and said, you know, hi there. It's not directly, you know, because he's just kind of smashing through it. So it's kind of reminded me of it. I wouldn't call it a straight reference, but I have mixed feelings on Jake Busey. I, I can't, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like him. And not in Stranger Things, but in other stuff. But in Stranger Things, he's just, his line where he goes, he touches his head and he's like, owie. Yeah. It's so stupid. It is. It is a little, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's real corny. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we pretending here? Okay. Little things. 
Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What, what, did, what did you see? I really liked, and this was like the ultimate little thing, and I don't think anybody even noticed it, but I really liked when uh, Motorcycle Helmet Guy was shooting at them when they're driving away from the Hess farm, and mm-hmm. you could see when the bullets hit in the car, and then the and then they kind of like flared a little, like, because from the heat from the bullet, I didn't like, notice. You know, generally when you see like cars shooting and or your bullets shot into cars, it just makes the little, the little, you know, bullet holes in the car. Mm-hmm. But whoever, I don't know who took it a step further and made like little kind of fiery, like burnt metal rings around it really quickly. Oh. Just a really little thing. Um, mm-hmm. I also mentioned the tossing of the keys twice for absolutely no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I also have no idea with L and her ill annoy thing she was don't just get me started in, i wasn't i just i purposely didn't bring it up i was like she was just tell there. me she was in illinois seven months ago and maybe she, right? I mean, she was forget. there maybe I mean, she, she likes to illinois. forget that time in her life like <laughs> we like to forget that time in her life yeah. uh one of my little things was the clerk's face when hopper tells him he's a cop yeah <laughs> and the <laughs> clerk just gives him like a yeah right like yeah, look yeah, okay. and it cracks me up and i actually had alexi where he's hopper looks over and he's eating the slushy with his hands yes and, yeah and if you watch he goes back and forth with his yeah. hands like to try to get it up to his mouth yeah. and it's it's a liquid dude what are you doing yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just get a cup for god's sakes yeah yes. I, had that, I had that one written down too yeah um i also loved how steve right before he was getting ready to beat up the guy in the comms room did the little flip with the microphone that he beat him with he kind of flipped it from one hand to the other didn't really flip oh, it, but yes. kind of tossed it from one hand. Yeah, that's a, that's a total Steve Harrington move. It's like yeah. he misses his bat. So I know, he's, he's going to be bat. flipping something. And uh-huh. then the last thing was just really weird, and it's just because I watched it, you know, 14 times or whatever. But when when they're in the when the gang is in the hospital and Nancy and Jonathan are upstairs, but when the kids are down in the waiting room and Will kind of steps forward and says, you know, I feel like he's here. And I looked over and Mike and Elle are seriously reading the back of the M&M wrapper. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. If you go back and watch it, I mean, it's like That's super weird. Quick. But Elle and Mike are literally staring. They're holding the M&M wrapper. It's not like they're even pouring candy out of it. They're holding the M&M wrapper and it looks like they're reading the M&M wrapper. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's bizarre. Okay, that's all that's I had for little things. Let's, let's do some music. Yeah, let's hit it. All right, first song is Strike Zone by Loverboy. This is a song that's uh, playing in Douchebag Todd's car when he pulls up. It came out in June of 1983. It was off of Loverboy's album, Keep It Up, uh, which, of course, featured Hot Girls in Love and Queen of the Broken Hearts, two of their best songs. Uh, Strike Zone itself was never released as a single, but very good album. It still holds up, actually. Next song, and this is the musical cue I talked about earlier uh, when they're walking Alexi out to the car and saying he's a murderer and everything. So this is a song. It's called Stairway Chase. It's by Danny Elfman. It's from the Midnight Run soundtrack. Easily top five comedies ever. It's just, it's so great. Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin came out in July of 1988. It's a hilarious, hilarious movie. But anyway, so the general gist is Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter. Charles Grodin is the guy that he has to go and get. So it's kind of the same idea. You know, the bounty yeah. hunter and the prisoner yeah. kind of thing. So they took like that one musical cue um, from Midnight Run and kind of stuck it in that one scene where Hopper's taping, taking Alexi out and putting him in the car. So I thought that was kind of a neat little thing. <laughs> and then the uh, the next song is Boogeyman by Sid Phillips. Boogeyman. 
weird like lack of history with this song this is what is playing in in murray's house when they go um to murray's warehouse and we already know that he loves you know 40s and 50s stuff with you know ella fitzgerald and so no idea when the song came out and i did a lot of research on it and stuff the nearest i can tell is like in the 40s or 50s it's just kind of a swing jazz kind of thing sid phillips was a very famous clarinetist but yeah it's just kind of a song that doesn't really have a history for some reason do you watch the show with captions i do i do too have you ever noticed how many different types of synth music there is dramatic synth music yes. sad synth music. yes yeah it is it's, it's kind of funny scary synth music yeah <laughs> Okay, and then the last song was the elevator music, which I thought was kind of a cool song. It's called In Our Hideaway. It's the music, Muzak version of In Our Hideaway. And this song, um, the original version of the song um, came out in 1962. It was in Irving Berlin's musical, uh, Mr. President. So this is the Muzaki version of it that came out, I think, in the 70s. They kind of redid it. I don't know exactly who, who did it. But just a neat little bit of elevator music to kind of pass the time as Jonathan and Mike, uh, Jonathan and Nancy uh, reconcile. So there's your music. He admitted he was wrong. So yeah. Okay. Superlatives. We got a fan email this week. We did. Thank you to Chad Dickinson for writing in with his, his superlatives. Let's go through his first and then we'll we'll see if they see if they match up. So chad's emails and thank you chad for writing in and again obviously anybody if you want to write in with your superlatives for the episodes we'd love to hear them so chad's mvp for this episode he said was joyce for putting up with hopper's insecurities and the belief that every man she comes in contact with is her new boyfriend (laughs) so mvp was joyce uh his most spirited uh 80s was the entire 7-eleven scene great scene very 80s his stranger thing was i think all of our stranger things was tom and bruce becoming goo yep and he also threw a little thing in there. He liked the addition of the Jolt Cola in the cooler at the 7-Eleven. So he, he, had, he had a little thing. I don't think I've ever had Jolt Cola. I did. It was, it was kind of a big thing when I was a teenager. I mean, that could have actually been my Colin moment, actually. But I like riding in, riding in cars, but, you know, riding in the way back. Yeah. More, but, there used yeah. to be one. I didn't really like it. And I don't really remember, you know, getting did a it Jolt taste from like, it. Did it taste like Coke? Like kind you know, of like Pepsi it was, or it's it kind of like RC doesn't taste like Coke, but it's still kind of the same general idea. Well, like Pepsi and Coke, yeah, they don't taste yeah, same the same, thing. but they're the same. But no, it, it didn't taste markedly different than Coke. Certainly, no. Hmm. Uh, and then his best line was when the Scoop Troop is walking through the halls, and Robin says, "But if they're building something, why here? I mean, Hawkins, seriously, of all places." At the very best, or a toilet stop on your way to Disneyland, but maybe that's it. Yeah. Thank you, Chad, for sending yours in. Now let's do let's do ours. What did you have for best line? Uh, best line. I already gave it away, but it is Steve Harrington saying to Dustin. Well, hope you guys are in good shape. Looking at you, roast beef. <laughs> I had so many candidates for best line. I liked the um max and l with the good screen bad screen mm-hmm. um and then i also loved murray's greeting when they when they showed up at the warehouse but i decided on joyce's response to murray which is just oh yes epic we have had a very long day we have been shot at nearly blown up walked god knows how many miles in a hundred degree heat stole a car all while being chased by this gigantic 
psychopath. Also, we could bring him to you because somehow you're the closest person who speaks Russian, which I can't believe. But that doesn't matter because unfortunately we're here. So if you don't mind, put that thing away. Stop behaving like a jackass and ask him what he's doing that's making my magnets fall off my damn fridge. Please. I almost went with Will's line when he when him and Mike had to get in the back in the way back. Uh, welcome and to my life. Mike, yeah. yeah, welcome to my world. Because yeah. Will has been fifth wheeling yeah. all summer long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, most spirited. I went with Todd's outfit. It's that's a good outfit. I almost went with the 7-Eleven. It was my first thought. And then it just Todd's oversized blazer, the colors. The loafers with no socks. Yes, all of it. Yeah. It's just rich douchebag Todd. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Chad and I agreed. We both went with 7-Eleven the whole scene, but I, I really loved uh, like the, the trucker hats for sale in the window. I loved Ricky's shirt, the 7-Eleven shirt. I remember those shirts. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned the jolt. And then I also caught very briefly in the cooler Pepsi light, which isn't really even a thing anymore. It, I mean, well, around the it's world. It's gone the way of Pepsi clear. Around the world. I mean, I like diet Pepsi in like Australia, for example, is Pepsi light, but Oh, really? The, the can. And this is really funny. And I'll show you. <laughs> I'll conclude a link to this too. An ad for Pepsi Light from the 80s. And the general tagline was that it's a one calorie drink that men can enjoy. Because there's so many one calorie drinks that are just for women. Because just only women drink one calorie drinks. How dare you? Don't look at them. This is one for men. So it's just, it's, it's a, it's an <laughs> ad with like the, the New York Giants football team talking about how they love their one calorie Pepsi light. So I'll, I'll include. I feel like the eighties in general had just discovered aspartame. Yeah. So, I mean, there was just diet versions of everything Yeah. because tab was nothing but a diet soda. Tab, right. Tab was, tab was caramel colored aspartame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, I remember my aunt used to drink it. Like it yeah. was disgusting. Yeah. Like it's like sweet and low in a can. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Stranger Thing, we all had the same Stranger Thing, which was yeah, absolutely Bruce disgusting. Tom. Yeah, we don't have to we don't have to dwell on how disgusting that was. I uh, love it. I love body horror. I love it. It was. It was it was really well done. And I was I was looking for like a kind of a behind the scenes thing on that too, and how they made the faces melt. Um, but I haven't found anything. It had to be just it just straight CGI. I would have right? been, yeah, yeah, it had to be. Did you notice when when Jonathan hits Tom? Yeah, Bruce feels it. Bruce Phil or yeah, sorry. Nancy hits Bruce, Tom feels it. And then they switch back to Bruce's face and his face is starting to, it's got all those black lines. Yeah, it's like got the black lines in, his, in, his, in the kind of the black blood in his mouth and everything mm-hmm. in the teeth. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, cool. Okay. MVP. I went with Nancy and how, I mean, Jonathan was no help over there on the floor. Nancy no. was the one that got out and gets to warn everybody yeah, John, jonathan may as well turn into goo this season as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh okay, i agree so, so i went with winona Ryder. i think I, I think she was my actually very first first episode mvp and i don't think i've actually picked her since but i gotta go back to winona Ryder. she is so great in this episode i mean her comedy um chops really came through she had a chance to you know actually have some lines and have some fun with the role all of the bit in when they're stranded in the woods uh, especially the scene I mentioned with her and Alexi when she's trying to explain the magnets and why aren't the magnets working and trying to get him to understand, you know, machina, machina, oh, yeah, vroom, vroom, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I love it. I, I well, saw it. I'm just, 
I'm glad we got to see Joyce in a more lighthearted situation. Yes. And she's the woman should her nerves are frayed. Yeah. I mean, you think back to one. season one when she's huddled on the couch with the lights behind her, she's clutching a shotgun and just, you know, the worst haircut in the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or that, or that scene when she's in the chair and she kind of scooches the chair forward. Yeah, still, her terrible pants and her yeah, like yeah. clunky white tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. Poor Joyce. All right, I think that that wraps it up. Awesome. All right, guys. If you want to send in your own superlatives or little things or movie references that you notice, you can always email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a review, especially on. Apple iTunes because they kind of rule all and it helps get in front of other listeners. As always, we will be back next week when we are discussing season three, chapter six, E Pluribus Unum. So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.